a doer. So when the Bride Chiller community said, why don't you have a book? You should write a book. I did it. I went and wrote two. The Bride Chiller Survival Guide is the ultimate wedding planning guide, full of Bride Chiller information, guidance and support. And the Bride Chiller Field Guide is the wedding planner that you can write in and take with you to all of your appointments because it contains all of the questions that I would advise you ask vendors before giving them any money. To order, visit bridechillerstore.com. And I thank you for supporting the Bride Chiller Podcast. You're listening to the Bride Chiller Podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillers plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Welcome to the Bride Chiller Podcast. This is episode 273. Wow. Covered a lot of ground over these last 273 episodes and there is more ground to cover. Don't you fear. Today on the show, I'm going to be sharing an interview that uh, I recorded recently with Yale from the wonderful Splacer.co. They are a website where you're going to hear all about it. I won't spoil it. I will spoil it just a little bit because that's what an intro is all about. It's a website that will help you find alternative wedding venues. They've got some amazing venues that aren't your standard El Jobio hotel function center places, which we love, but also... A lot of bride chillers are lateral thinkers. They want a lateral sort of style venue and uh, she's got some great advice, yeah. But before we head to the interview, I think we haven't done a little bit. I know, no thinking. I know this for a fact. We have not done Q&A or listener feedback for a while. What a slacker because you guys are sending me wonderful messages. I keep doing all these interviews and then I panic because I'm like, I've got so much content to release. I don't know what to do. And uh, I thought, listen, settle down, sister. Let's share some of the beautiful Bride Chiller community's messages and then we'll carry on. I like that idea. Also, I want to say a very big thank you to everyone who has been reviewing the show, rating the show. Really grateful because it shares the word, spreads the word with other potential Bride Chillers and Groom Chillers that can use uh, the podcast and also encourage them to join the community because we love welcoming new people. Who is our first message from, Alicia? Well, Alicia, our first message is from Brittany. Thanks, Alicia. Hi, Alicia. This is Brittany from Montana, and I just spent my first day off in quite a while binge listening to old episodes. It was a great way to spend the day, and there were so many fantastic things I had to call you and thank you. The body image response amazing. I laughed so hard. I really felt for a lot of the women, even if I necessarily couldn't identify with what they were going through. It really created a great community feeling for me. And everything that everybody had to say was just so incredible. And I really felt great after listening to the episode. So thank you. Uh, your episode with Kristen and Christina was so great. Those are some fantastic women. And I really liked Sean Miller. He had some awesome stuff to say. And his website is great. You were absolutely right. Chloe was hilarious. She was so great. Um, and I do have a response to Ashton. And her attempt to get an interactive wedding. 
I'm not sure how many people she's going to have at her wedding. Uh, my fiance and I are going to have a fairly small wedding, probably a, about 75 people. And I plan to write letters to each guest, kind of thanking them for coming. And in that letter, I want to make a little space to say, hey, you really like photography. I know that's one of your hobbies. Well, so-and-so at this table takes really great photos. You guys might be able to chat it up a little bit. And hopefully that will encourage guests to get to know each other a little better if they're given an idea of what they might have in common. We're also going to be having uh, completely individualized centerpieces on each table. They're going to kind of reflect something that's important to us. Uh, Our first date was on a motorcycle. So we're going to have a little motorcycle on one of the tables and a little write-up about why it's significant and yada yada. But hopefully that will allow guests or encourage guests to walk around to the different tables and kind of get an idea of who we are as a couple, maybe learn something new about us they didn't know. That I'm also hoping will get guests to mingle a little bit. And I just thought Ashton might might like one of those ideas. I do have, it's not necessarily a question, it's more of a gripe of what I'm going through right now. My fiance, and I, my fiance and I are about six months out from our wedding date, and we're doing great. We have so many of the major things booked. It's It's been very easy. The hardest thing we're dealing with right now is the fact that one of my wishes for a wedding dress is something I can wear again. To me, that's a completely fantastic and totally romantic idea to be able to go out some night on a date with my husband in my wedding dress. Uh, Now, obviously, that's going to exclude the vast majority of all wedding dresses you're going to find at most boutiques and retailers, online, things like that. What I have in mind, ideally, is a white and blue paisley silk dress that is long and just gorgeous. I haven't been able to find this, and my fantastic mother and sister have been searching online to no avail. So that's been very frustrating because I'm holding up absolutely everyone else's clothing. No one can make a decision until I do. So that's giving me quite a bit of stress. I'm not... I would love if you had a solution for this, but I don't imagine you do... I more just wanted to kind of vent a little. Thank you very much, Alicia. You are absolutely great. And the rest of the Bride Chilla community is just a real blessing to have in my life. All right. Happy days. Brittany, first up, I want to thank you for that wonderful feedback. I loved all the episodes that you enjoyed also on your day off, which is very gallant and brave of you to spend a whole day with me. Um, Really nice. Thank you so much for that lovely feedback. And I just want to say your dress journey. Look, I love that you know what sort of dress you can see. You know what sort of dress you're looking for. I don't know if you've explored having a dressmaker 
create this for you. I know it might be a bit obvious, me saying, hey, have you thought of maybe getting a dressmaker to design something for you? But there are so many great designers out there and so many wonderful artisan people who can sew, who might want to give it a crack. And I, I'm not saying just give it a crack, give it a red hot go and see what happens. I think you'll be able to find someone to make this. And if you have that vision, that's half the battle. It's then just translating that vision into uh, a design, whether you make the sketches or patch some, you know, get a Pinterest board going and patch some inspiration and then contact a designer. I know there's, you know, obviously a wonderful community of fashion designers on Etsy who do bespoke, bespoke, as you say, bespoke items. And I think it's really, it'd be really challenging. And also the fact you want to wear it again. And I love that so much. Go forth, design and get that dress that you want. Thank you so much for listening and your beautiful message. I really appreciated hearing that you enjoyed spending your day with me. That was just like, I mean, not even Rich enjoys spending that much time with me. Maybe he does. He does. If he was here, he'd go, I do. I really do. Hi, Alicia. My name is Rachel. I'm calling you from Baltimore, Maryland. And I have a question for you about um, smaller weddings and guest expectations. So um, my fiance and I were able to find this amazing venue. It's a renovated um, mansion in the city. So it's like got an old school feel, but it's also in the city. It has um, this fantastic five-star restaurant on the bottom floor. It's also a hotel and it has a spa where I can get my hair and nails done. It's basically a one-stop shop and it's fantastic. Um, we found it and we said we absolutely, no matter what, have to have our wedding here. And thankfully it was in our price point. Um, the one downside is that, well, we wanted a smaller wedding anyway, but, um, the most people we can accommodate in the dining room area of this restaurant is 30 people. And that was fine with us. We just really had to seriously think about who was important to us and who we really wanted, um, to share this event with us, um, which is totally fine. But the way we're going to have the event is, um, we're going to have the ceremony on one of the upper floors um, in one of the side rooms with 11 people. So it's essentially um, our parents, siblings, um, and my best friend who's going to be performing the ceremony. And then we're going to go downstairs and uh, have the dinner with everybody else. So I was really excited about this because it was a really simple, straightforward kind of event. I really didn't want anything huge and fancy anyway. Um, but I think because it's so pared down, people are confused as to, you know, what they should be doing. Um, I've gotten questions like, would you prefer I wear a knee length dress or a full length dress for the photos? And I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, we're not having bridesmaids or groomsmen. I, I don't need you to wear anything in particular. Or, um, well, where's the room for the dancing going to be? And well, there's no dancing because we're not really dancing people. It's not something that we're interested in. So, no, we're not, we're not having that. Um, things like, well, where's, where's the guest book or the, um, the card box or you know, the grandparent memorial table going to be and things like that. And it's, we're not having any of those things. And, um, I even had one person say, well, if you're limited to such a small, uh, such a small venue, I can give up my seat and you can invite so-and-so and no, you know, no, like I'm really wondering why people are so confused as to the, what I thought was a very straightforward, just come to dinner and enjoy yourself kind of event. And I don't really know 
um, how to how to handle that without really hurting people's feelings and, you know, just trying to make sure that they understand what the general style of event that we're going for is. Um, so any advice you have would be like really appreciated. Um, I'm trying to, <laughs> again, keep it simple and low key and down to earth and just sit down, have a good meal, have some drinks and everybody be fine. But again, I'm not sure why people are confused about that. Um, so again, Hoping to hear from you and happy days. Rachel, great question. And I, I totally empathize with you in the sense that I know a lot of people, I know we're going to have a lot of listeners actually connecting with what you're saying because I know our community, the Bride Chiller community, is really on board with this idea of obviously just doing what you want to do and having an event that reflects you and the fact you've chosen to simplify to ditch the elements that aren't necessarily reflecting your relationship or what you think a wedding should be is fantastic. I don't think we need to be feel pressure. Obvi, this is the whole thing. I keep saying Obvi, like I'm a 12-year-old. Obvi, this is what the whole idea of what I've been trying to build and the community that we've got happening with Bride Chiller is empowering each other to sort of say, we'll do whatever we want because this is... To be honest, the one day, hopefully there's more days in our lives, but the one day we can choose to do what we want because it's our freaking wedding. So I do think when we're in this position, and this is more of a reflective of the world, if you choose to step out of the boundaries, people get confused, especially when traditions are so ingrained, wedding traditions are so ingrained, and it's almost habitual in the sense that people expect you turn up and you sit down and you watch the ceremony and then you move and you have a cocktail and you do this and there's nothing wrong with that but I think when you offer something that's a little bit different people panic it's like they're uncomfortable because they're not not prepared because they don't know what's coming so we're going to feel uncomfortable because they think it could be something different god forbid we produce something that's slightly uh, not what they're expecting so I've, I think it's wonderful that you're challenging people, but the irony is you're challenging people with simplicity. It's not anything complicated from what you're saying. It sounds great. It sounds sort of minimalist, low-key, and as you said, good foods and eats and drinks, and that's what you want. So part of me says you don't have to provide an explanation at all. If people are confused about dance floors, it's like, well, just turn up at the event. Shut the fuck up. Just You've been invited to this thing. Relax we've got it organized you don't have to worry about what is going to happen this is part of coming to event an event you just turn up and let it happen let it wash over you so i i don't i i know you can't just say look shut up there'll be there might not be a dance floor just relax that's probably not the answer you wanted me to say but i do think there might be a little fun answer that you can just sort of go listen just get it's a big surprise just get ready for it. There'll probably be a clown coming out of a cake. Just, I don't know, bullshit with them. Who knows? But they don't have to be in control. They don't have to know everything. They're just going to have to relax and enjoy it. It sounds fabulous. I can totally picture it. I love all the levels. It sounds like an adventure. Good luck to you. Thank you so much for listening. You're a legend. Right, I absolutely promised to do more Q&As more often because I've got a really big backlog. As I said, I lost my head. I've been doing interviews. I've been getting lots of wonderful guest proposals and people who have such good skills and information to share. And I feel like I'm, you know, trying to balance answering your questions and giving you amazing information from real professionals. So 
With no further ado, here's me introducing the episode. That was me introducing me introducing the episode. Very meta. Bride chillers and groom chillers, one of the biggest decisions that you will be uh, challenged with when it comes to wedding planning is finding a wedding venue that totally suits you, that is reflective of your personalities, that suits your needs, that you uh, can picture having a really cool party, a celebration in with all your friends and family. And a question I get asked a lot is about how to know if it's the right venue for you. I can't answer that, my people. I can answer lots of questions, but it's a biggie and uh, it can sometimes be complicated depending on where you are planning to get married, what sort of wedding that you are wanting to have, how involved in the wedding planning you would like to be. And today I'm really excited because I'm going to bring you an interview I did recently with Yale. She is from a website called splacer.co and they are all about connecting people with cool venues, venues that they veto and venues that, uh, well, they're not necessarily things that you would find in normal, quote unquote, wedding venue places and registries. Very, very professional there, Alicia. I'm really excited about this because as you hear in this episode, Rich and I got married in an alternative wedding venue. It really opened our eyes to the amazing spaces that are within our cities and towns that you might not think of as a potential wedding venue, but when you are given the opportunity to check them out or you attend an event or a wedding in an alternative wedding space, it can really open your eyes and mind to the possibilities of getting hitched or planning an event in a space that isn't just a hotel or a venue or something that, you know, people do that every day. I'm excited to share this episode with you because Yale not only shares some really cool venue ideas, she also goes through some of the logistical ideas, the processes that you need to think about if you are considering hiring an alternative space. There are, take it from me, someone who's done it, quite a few choices, decisions, and uh, responsibilities that you will have to take on as someone who is hiring a venue. You just have to think a little bit more. And, you know, I would say hiring a wedding planner, if you're going to do this, is a good thing. I won't give away all the tricks. There's lots to learn. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you would like more information about the show, visit thebridechiller.com and get in touch. Also, I want to thank everyone who are leaving reviews. I'm very grateful. I haven't asked for reviews in a little while. This is my review week. If you would like to leave me a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that would be great because it spreads the bride chiller word and it's like giving me a little piece of iTunes review cake. (laughs) All right, enough from me. Here's the interview. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about what Splacer is and where it all started? Because it's a great idea. Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, So uh, it's actually the perfect, uh, this is the perfect context to talk about this because Splacer is essentially a marketplace for unique event venues. And it started with this idea that not everybody wants to go with a traditional hotel banquet room for, for their event. And it doesn't matter if it's a personal event like a wedding or a corporate event. People are starting to think outside the box. They're tired mm-hmm. of the same old, same old. They want something that's more of an experience rather than just kind of rehashing things they've already been to and have done and their, par- their parents have done before. Um, mm. They want something new and, and that speaks more 
to who they are and that they can really shape and, and that they can also share you know, with their guests something that's, that's new and different. And that's really where Splacer originated with this idea of giving an alternative. And the way we do this is by collecting, um, we have about 2,000 spaces currently in the U.S. in several market, in several cities. Right now we're in New York, L.A., San Francisco, Miami, and Chicago with more cities coming up soon. And in all of those cities we reached out we, to, to spaces that are unique, that have, you know, you don't typically think of as an event space necessarily. Even though we do have some restaurant spaces and so on a, a little bit, but we really try to think outside the box. So we have private lofts and townhouses and distilleries and galleries. Uh, nice. Even, even hair salons. We have a really wide range of, range of spaces, and all of them are perfect for just kind of an alternative take on the wedding. Okay, well, we have to talk about the hair salon. What? Yes, of course. <laughs> we must. <laughs> of course we do. We must. Do tell. That intrigues me. <laughs> funny. We actually have a handful of hair salons, but I was just at an event recently at one of them. It's, um, it's a Parisian-style hair salon uh, that we have in the East Village in New York. It's very sweet. It has all these kind of white details, and it has a cute little backyard. And the event I was in is um, sort of a, uh, was an event for press uh, around sort of the beauty industry. And I just happened to be in this thing, and they put you know all their prosecco bottles in a sink full of ice cubes. And you know they did all these. They really used the space in, in this creative way, and it was so much fun. It was really you know, it, and it's really you know we all want to play on these chairs right when you go to these salons you always you want to sit on them and just have a glass of prosecco so it was it was perfect i love that so much and my husband rich and i uh were looking for a wedding venue rich is an architect and he sort of loves modernism and he heard through a friend that there was a a house uh, in melbourne in australia that was a private house called the boyd baker house and um that the owner was open to renting the house for events and we straight away went, that is exactly the sort of venue that we want to celebrate our wedding at. And it was a little bit rogue. that We, we did it all above board. We signed a contract with them. We were quite careful. But it wasn't necessarily something that you would find in a magazine or you would really, you know, it wasn't potentially something that a lot of people would know where to find it because it was word of mouth almost that this venue appeared so that was five years ago that we got married and this is exactly the sort of venue I think that you would be listing uh, on Splacer right now that it's it's a little bit kooky it's a bit different and it had the most amazing furniture that I wanted to put in the back of a removalist truck you know and take (laughs) home with me but I'm an honest person they would have found me You're easily traceable. Yeah, but that's I'm exactly easily traceable. Right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Those are exactly the you know the the problem that you had is exactly the kind of problem that we're uh, looking to help people with. So when you want that unique venue, you don't have to go just kind of Google searching and really hiring detectives and, mm. and trying to come up with contracts and doing all of that. You can find a space that basically helps you. You don't have to, um, I guess, reinvent this um, kind of more traditional space and hire a decorator and bring in all this stuff in order to make it your own. You just choose a space that's already reflects who you are, it speaks more to the tone that you want to, you know, the story that you want to tell. And, you know, it makes your life so much easier and sometimes can actually save you money because 
you know, it sort of comes ready-made, if you will. Oh, that's such a good point. I hadn't even thought of it like that. I mean, that, and that is the thing. It's about injecting personality from the get-go. When people walk into your venue, they're going to understand exactly the vibe and the tone of the event. So I suppose straight away, if you know you're walking into a hairdresser, as a beautiful Parisian hairdresser, and, and, and you've got champagne in the shampooing area, I mean, that just sets a scene straight away to go, this is going to be fun. This is a little weird. This is a little out there. Let's get ready for a great party and swing on those chairs. Exactly. Let's talk about the logistics because that's what I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the idea of I'm going to get married and, you know, and they pick some sort of rando amazing space, but the space isn't set up necessarily for hosting an event and then they get themselves into a world of hell. Uh, so this is, and this is a very general statement, yeah, but the idea, but, you know, the idea that a lot of us, I always go back on this the podcast and sort of saying a lot of us probably 98 percent of my listeners have never planned an event for over four people in their lives and there's a lot of logistical things ins and outs that can go into planning an event in a private space let's talk a little bit about when people come to you and they say look i found this um, i've got the warehouse i found it on the website Let's talk about potentially, I'm not going to say the boring bits, but the bits that sometimes you go, oh, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then you realize, actually, we need to discuss some of the more serious bits. What are some of the things that people should be mindful of when they are signing up or they found an amazing venue and they want to proceed with holding an event in that space? So you're absolutely right. It's The, the little details uh, are so important and that and they could make the difference between a really successful event and, you know, a tragedy, if you mm. um, or just, you know, disappointing day. Uh, stuff like insurance and contracts and so on. And I'm, I'm going to run through some of these things because I think they're absolutely important and everybody should pay I attention agree. to them. So when you're booking through a platform like Splacer, some of that stuff is taken care of. If you're not booking through a platform like Splacer, you should make sure that you're signing a contract, for example. Um, Yes. You should make sure. So when you're signing, when you're doing a transaction through Splacer, there's another party that provides an extra layer of safety because we collect, we process a transaction, we collect the money from the uh, from you, we hold it in escrow, and then we only pass it on to the venue once the event takes place. So, in case there's anything that goes wrong, you haven't lost all your money. Somebody's there to sort of give you a cushion to help, you know, just in case something goes wrong. Uh, and insurance is always a good idea. Uh, it used to be much more complicated to get insurance for an event. There are several solutions out there for event insurance. Some of them specifically targeting weddings because Mm -hmm. weddings have a whole bunch of stuff you want to make sure it goes smoothly you know and some of them are not expensive it's typically something you can purchase online there's different sites the event planner is one that comes to mind but there's several of them and you go on you can enter all your information and generate an insurance policy in a matter of minutes and it's always great if you spend between 100 and 200 dollars for this insurance policy and you just have that extra layer of guarantee is this for your guests who is who are we insuring just for the cheap seats here why do we need the insurance who are we insuring against or for Oh, so in case, so insurance is mostly in case of damages or last-minute cancellations or something like that, where you want to make sure that you know if your guests go crazy and something gets broken, 
you're not it's not going to come out of your pocket and with all the people that you you the listings that you have on Splacer they are they will say if they're willing to have a wedding there won't they or if they're a party you don't have to go and be shifty and say we're having a 30th birthday (laughs) but really it's a wedding (laughs) absolutely I think that's one of the advantages of Splacer is the people that list with us uh, list for event rentals and it says so very clearly if they're only open to meetings or they're only open to photo shoots they would say that on their listing page and if they're open to parties it's any party it doesn't matter if it's a wedding or a party I know some people look for some unique venues through places like Airbnb but because Airbnb is not really set up for events it's not what they do they do overnight stays and they're set up for that so if you want to host a party in in one of those spaces you have to be shifty about it yeah, I want to talk more after the break a little bit about uh, some of the alternative venues just to spice up people's ideas about where they can get hitched. Because I think sometimes you get a little bit lost in the same old, same old, and sometimes you just need a little bit of Alicia and Yale in your life to make you think laterally. This is the Bride Chiller podcast, and there'll be more about alternative wedding venues after this. We're talking about cool places to get hitched. You don't necessarily have to get married where everyone else gets married because that can be boring and uh, you're not boring. You're an individual. I challenge you to find somewhere a little bit more reflective of who you are as a couple. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, you are from Splacer.co. You mentioned before the break about Airbnb and we're not going to harp on too much about Airbnb, but... I know in the early parts of this podcast, people would write and say, you know, they'd ask me questions and I'm always open to questions, but I got a bit stumped with people saying, can I write to an Airbnb and ask if I can get hitched to it? And I, and, and, in the daytime, in the daytime, in my other life, yeah, I work in television mm-hmm. and I know I've approached Airbnb properties for uh, TV interview locations or we want somewhere to stay and film. And it can get pretty dodgy if you're asking someone and, again, you're having to cover public liability and you're also asking for a clearance of the venue. These are things that a lot of people who just put their flats up on or their apartments up on Airbnb have never dealt with before. You don't have to do any of that stuff with what you're offering. It's just... People have put their, put their space up. It's legit. You haven't got to go through any sort of shady business trying to pretend you're not doing something at the uh, at mm-hmm. the, at the space that you are doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the whole idea. That's how Splacer came about. Both, you know, the short-term rental, that's what it's for. Most, mostly we think of Splacer as something that caters to, to everybody around in your community. So, for example, you want to host a wedding and there's no room in your living room, but you want to have it in a homey, cozy place. You can use somebody else's home. Well, I love that. I didn't even know that's a thing. So uh, tell me about that. That's great. So someone says, hey, I've got a really funky living room. Have your wedding here. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And some, obviously some spaces are bigger than others, but we do have, um, you know, beautiful lofts or, or mansions or townhouses. Sometimes somebody lives there and they're open to having guests in their home and sometimes the house is empty because they're traveling or uh, they've just gone through a divorce and they're not just ready to sell their house yet or whatever it might be Uh, and so these houses stand um, empty and and welcoming to guests. What are some of the more unusual event spaces you have because I really want to give people some inspiration Mm -hmm. I know you can do that because I think sometimes we get a little landlocked in our our thought process and you seem to look through wedding magazines and it's all I live in I live in United Kingdom yeah where everyone the Brits get quite into the idea of country manners Hmm. and I think country manners are beautiful but then they all start to look a bit same samey 
and some of them when you get in them aren't that classy so uh yeah inspire me go for it i know now in the states the barn wedding is a big thing and everybody's looking Mm. for a barn well if you haven't thought of a barn then that's an option we definitely have you know spaces upstate that have that sort of farmhouse vibe which i guess is a little bit like the manor house but in a different you know a different style um it's the american manor house yes (laughs) of sorts (laughs) you know we have a glamping is is a new thing um you know wedding which is sort of glamorous camping it's more even more rustic than the barn with with uh, tents or teepees that are put up you know we have beautiful art galleries that you can rent and you can rent them some of them, you know, they would take the art off, but some of them, the beauty of them is that you can rent them with the art up on the walls. Oh. We also have warehouses that are really cool because they're, they're huge spaces that are really flexible, can do so much, and usually they're in more, uh, a little bit more remote areas. You, you can make more noise, you can, you can dance, you can bring a whole band. I will say you made a good point there that I, um, we haven't talked about is noise in spaces, and I think that's a, something that people should be aware of if you are in a private function, if you're in a private house or an apartment, that you need to be aware of the noise restrictions in the area. That's something I'm sure you would be advising with your clients but if you are hiring a private event space you need to be very mindful of noise and cutoffs and and that's something to always find out in advance and you know we're you're asking about logistics that's something to find out in advance what time is the cutoff time for the event and you know if there are any noise restrictions and if it's not the right fit it's not the right fit i wouldn't try Mm. to sort of subvert that i would try to find the one you know the one space that you know does allow you to run a party until 2 a.m with lots and lots of noise if that's what you're into and just making sure you check that with the venue in advance. I yeah. guess another thing that I forgot to mention we were talking about logistics is if it's not a traditional event space, some things that are worth looking out for is do they have room for dancing or a dance floor? If, is there room for, for caterers and so on to set up and load in and all of that? You know, if it's an apartment, is there a convenient elevator that you can use if you need to bring in stuff? You know, there is, you should make yourself a kind of checklist that sa- says, you know, cutoff time, sound. Are there issues with alcohol? Is there a dance floor or can I make one or is there any kind of uh, area where we can dance on? Is there a backstage area for me and my family to put our stuff or get dressed if we need to? Bathrooms are a big one that I think people forget about. Absolutely. If you've just got one toilet for 500 people, you are screwed. <laughs> yes. Though there are, again, there are solutions for that too. And of course. If you ask the question, you can take care of that, you know, and, and we've had uh, sort of raw event spaces where you just hire a you know, a couple of porta potties and bring them over. Mm. And it doesn't sound glamorous, but it allows you to be really, you know. To- yeah, it's it's more glamorous. It's more glamorous than not having the porta potties. Exactly, perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And also, I think one thing, just thinking back to our wedding, you know, we had a very, uh, a really forward thinking caterer who had actually catered our venue before. And that was one thing that I would suggest from a personal perspective, if you are booking a private venue, that you speak to a caterer and try and find people that have catered it before, because it will save you so much time and energy if they know the space and they know what they need to bring in. I know in our situation, it was a, it is a, a 1960s modernist house at a tiny little kitchen. So the caterers set up a kitchen outside and they brought in, we had to hire part of our um, budgeting was hiring a cool room, a mobile cool room. They put it at the back of their, you know, they dropped it there and we put all, all the stuff in it. And then they had burners that they, they um, 
mobile burners that they came in and used. It was really great, but it was also slightly more expense for us mm-hmm. uh, because they couldn't use the kitchen. Um, so I think it's always be mindful that you have to be aware of, of extra budgeting if you are in a, you know, a warehouse that doesn't have a kitchen. You're going to have to pay for a caterer to set one up. So always be aware of those sort of details. But also, if you, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if you have a planner that is on the money and knows what they are doing, they should be able to come in and look at a venue and a venue space and go, this is all the stuff you need to make this work. Exactly. And that's really helpful. You know, it does take a little bit more money if you hire an event planner. But again, there's a wide range. And that could be sort of the best of both worlds where you can find a really unique venue, but still have somebody else bring together all the bits and pieces if you don't want to deal with that. Um, And either way that whether it's you know, you're doing it yourself or you're hiring somebody to help with that, it really allows you to tailor an event, you know, exactly to the way you want it to be. And it's going to be unique and special and not like anything else, not like anybody else's. Um, and, and that's worth the extra effort for a lot of people. Oh, I agree. And I really think if you can find a space that reflects who you are and whether that is getting married in a hairdressing salon or an art gallery or a warehouse or a distillery or someone else's backyard because you love the outdoors but you don't have your own backyard but you want to have a backyard wedding I think that is an amazing opportunity and I, I encourage people to think outside the box and mm-hmm. and really it, it not even take a risk just get be challenged a little bit by really setting that up from the get-go and and having something that's truly you oh look at that exactly and and i think we find more and more people are really interested in in creating these experiences right not just another event but a really unique experience um you know that and and that the memories of that experience you know the pictures and and, you know the documentations uh they're going to have that for their life you know for a lifetime and it'll look different and it won't look like their best friend's wedding or their mom's wedding it'll be something completely you know theirs exactly well, I'm, I've learned a lot and I'm delighted that you're in business because I think this is a great resource and something that people should embrace. And I really hope that you spread, spread, spread all over the world because I know in London there are bloody hundreds of event spaces. You know, my husband's an architect and we go to places and I'm like, this would make a great party venue. Why isn't someone hiring this? Exactly. It's empty, you crazy people. Make some money. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's what we hope to do. We hope to get to London soon and, yeah, and that's exactly the idea behind Splacer. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. So visit splacer.co where you can find out more information. And also you've got some lovely social media accounts where I get uh, building envy every time I visit them. Yes, it's that's part of the fun of Splacer. It's a little voyeuristic. You get to look oh, at yeah. people's spaces and be inspired. My husband likes to call it Archie Wank, and uh, I'm like, I'm hella into it. Starkitects and Archie Wank is our, what's what we do. And we love a coffee table book about buildings. That's who we are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, listen, bride chillers and groom chillers, if you have an amazing space that you have hired uh, or you've found, I would love, we would love for you to share it with us visit the bridechiller.com for more information or hit up one of the bridechiller social media accounts you know how to find it facebook instagram twitter and uh, send us a send us an image i know we'd love to see it we'd love to hear more about some of the places especially if you found it on splacer.co that would be even better there you go <laughs> until next week's episode yell thank you so much for joining thank, me thank you for having me oh it's my pleasure happy days everyone 
the Bride Chilla podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs> 